Hi, welcome to the uh, welcome to a little special addendum to the Playing with Power podcast. Uh, I'm Mike, and joining me is special guest Blaine J from Is It Worth It? Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, pretty good. Been uh, been glad to finally get you on the show. Uh, this is going to be a slight change from a regular format due to uh, time constraints. And uh, simply since Blaine's specialty is determining the worth of items, usually we discuss everything in the magazine but the games. So, <laughs> hey, make, hey, it works for us. So yeah. I thought we would uh, take a little uh, spe- a new approach to Volume 26 and actually discuss just the games. And I'll be... Uh, We'll be doing the rest of the show with uh, Ben and John at, a, at a, well later on. And the feature on this is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, it says right on the cover, hit movie, hot game. Now, Blaine, you got a, a connection to this movie? I have a few connections. Uh, I guess first and foremost, I did mention to you uh, previously, I am related to Kevin Costner, not just a little. Uh, We share, I believe, a great-grandfather in the way of Bo Costner. Um, So he's like my second cousin or whatever. I've never met the man. My great-grandmother did know him um, when he was a young boy still living in the Oklahoma area. Um, but as soon as he started making money, he kind of distanced himself from most of the family, which you can't really blame a guy for because otherwise I guess everyone would be coming at him for money all the time and such. So (laughs) it is whatever. Um, I don't particularly feel he's a good actor. He is a actor. Um, (laughs) I'm not a big fan of the Robin Hood movie in general, the Prince of Thieves. In fact, it's been since the Disney movie, that I feel there's been a good depiction of any Robin Hood. I didn't like the Russell Crowe <laughs> version either. Yeah, I I prefer a fox and a stork and all that nonsense. And and I uh, yeah, I actually love that version. But this movie, they felt the need to add uh, Morgan Freeman as some Muslim Moor or whatever. And then you've got the just completely atrocious acting of Christian Slater playing Will Scarlet. Uh, both he and Kevin Costner just can't do an English accent to save their life. Um, yeah, you ended up with basically a hot turd. It was still slightly better than other depictions of Robin Hood. The game, however, is not bad. It's actually a pretty decent game. Um, I, I'm hesitant to say it's a role-playing game, although it is close. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of a combination between an adventure and a role-playing game. Um, it doesn't really go for a terrible amount of money. Um, let me see here. Where do I have that? I have it down as being a $7 game. Oh, my gosh. I think it's worth that. <laughs> I would uh, I would pay $7 for almost, almost any game. Uh, this one would probably get you a good, I don't know, at least hours enjoyment. And if you're able to look past, you know, some of the graphical inferiorities and uh, musical and everything that the Nintendo just gave you anyway. Oh. I think this is one that you should definitely Yeah, get. it's a little weak in the gra- it's a little weak in the graphics. It looks like almost like a uh, like an Amiga like Amiga level graphics yeah. than a Nintendo graphic. Like we've seen better Oh, for sure, it does for have sure a, Nintendo a Diablo has. style map where you can like uh, I guess click and drag uh, items over a character over a character to see what the stats do so 
mechanically it's ambitious. It just kind of fell through in in looks. And it follows a terrible movie. I mean, that's <laughs> it's nine times out of ten. If it's a game based off a movie, just leave it alone. There are a few excep- exceptions. Excuse me. Um, this isn't really one of them, but it's so cheap. It's you know if. If you're into these type of games, I'd I say pick yeah, it up. Yeah, if they were going to do a uh, video game of a Robin Hood movie, I would have gone with the Errol Flynn movie from the 30s because oh, that was wow. a good movie. That's an old movie. <laughs> have you, have you yeah. seen it? I have seen uh, portions of that because some of it has um, gone into public domain. And back when we used to uh, do... Me and my friends used to do these little things where we would overlay, I think they call them YouTube poops or whatever, our voices on top of, like, existing footage to make it funny, quote-unquote. Uh, this is one of the films that some of the stuff was in public domain, and we ended up using it. It's, so. it's worth seeing for the uh, whole movie. It's got good colors, good acting, uh, excellent music, yeah. uh, great swashbuckling at the end when uh, mm-hmm. Robin Hood finally fights the the sheriff. It's a, it's a good movie, and the archery scene for the contest is great when he splits the bow. But the, yeah, uh, yeah. like, you're talking about the graphics, and I'm looking at the, uh, the front page of the, uh, of the coverage, where it shows, like, the overhead view, the, uh, uh a somewhat cut scene, which is just your portrait with the dialogue box under it. But then it says swordplay, and it shows, uh, well, Robin Hood fighting little John on the log. But the, uh, yeah. the graphics are so bad that he looks like Superman holding a sword. He's just got, kind of like, red bottom, blue I mean, top, and what appears to be a cape. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Um, that's that's the Nintendo. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, an amount of games that you can count on two hands, really, most of which were first party, the Nintendo, you know, we have better memories of it than it actually was. When you go back and play a lot of these games... They don't look nearly as good as you remember. They they really don't. Um, and Robin Hood, you know, it's one of the ones that looked meh back in the day, and these days it looks like a hot turd. But you know, that's the Nintendo. Oh, yeah, well, man. there seems like I'm looking at uh, on the 12th page. We see Ride Like the Wind, where it shows you, uh, I guess, he uh, trying to evade the prince's men on horseback, and the dirt, the grass, the flowers, the trees, everything looks like it's all made out of like crumbled up leaves. That mm-hmm. someone just like took a picture out of because it kind of looked like a guy on a horse. Yeah, well, again, when they try and uh, when they try and make these games based off of movies, a lot of time they're on just a a really tight deadline and they cut corners, you know. And then that, yeah. it's just the nature. Then of get to... This is actually one of the better movie based <laughs> games, especially for the Nintendo. Like the only one I can really think of that's better is Willow. Um, Willow is actually a great game. Uh, this one, you know, it's for a movie game. It's meh, it's, and I can't remember who put this out. wasn't it? It was a bigger name. It wasn't LGN. It was like Capcom or Konami. Oh no, or something. this is too good looking for LGN. Yeah, uh, this one yeah, is sure. Virgin Games. Uh, also, the oh, publisher Virgin. also yeah, says yeah, Arcadia. Sure. Yeah, Virgin put out some good stuff back in the day. Then mostly. Uh, like, well, of course they went to mobile and before that they were like Virgin Records and stuff, but yeah, they, they were a big company with a lot of money behind them. They were able to put out some decent stuff, so not too, too terribly surprised. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, I think the next, uh, thing we have is Nestor's Adventures, 
which is the uh, the first one after Howard has left. And Nestor is showing hard feelings by painting a no sign over a bow tie. Now, the best... Now, the... Uh, now, you weren't able to read the comic, so I'm not going to go into it too much. No. But the featured game is The Hunt for Red October. Did you get a chance oh, to play wow. that? Uh, I own it. Uh, <laughs> I, this isn't actually one that I've uh, written down in my notes because I, I wasn't aware we were going to go with a comic book review. Uh, oh. But it's it's not a good game. Uh, it's not worth very much. I'd uh, off the top of my head, I'd say it's under eight dollars. It's a fairly fairly common game. You see it a lot, um, and even then, hardly worth it. No, I, you know, I own it because it is a cheap common game, and that makes up the large majority of my collection. I, I was talking to you off air. I was uh, saying, you know, I have about five twenty ish Nintendo games, and you know, I have some rare ones certainly, but the majority of my collection is just stuff I was able to pick up for a dollar or two dollars here or there, and. That's why I own Hunt for Red October. You know, that's why I own Silent Service and some of these other garbage yeah, games. Yeah, on the previous you. episode, we had John play the uh, the Hunt for Red October, and after he was done exasperating himself with profanities, we kind of moved on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not good. Just yeah. don't play it. Um, you know, if you're a collector and you find it for a dollar, sure, you know. Uh, Whatever, but, you, any game's worth a buck. Before we move on, have you ever played a good sub game for the Nintendo, or does that just like not exist? Ah, I mean, Silent Service obviously was terrible. Um, Squoon is pretty good. Uh, it's relatively rare. I don't know exactly what its price point. Oh is my right gosh, now. we barely read that ad about the Fun Club about Squoon. Oh, yeah. What the hell is Squoon? Uh, I I want to say it's a type of submarine, but it, you play in a submarine. That's, you know, it's all right. Jaws has submarine in it, I guess, at points, and it's not the worst game. It's pretty fucking bad. But, <laughs> well, um, it's an LJN take Battle, on, a game, on a movie, so. Yeah, Battleship for the original Nintendo is, you know, Battleship. If you enjoy playing fucking Battleship, sure, it's that, and it has submarines in it. Uh, I'm sure there's other games that have, you know, tangentially related submarine themes here or there, but none really are coming to mind that are quote-unquote good. I'm looking behind me. That's why I sound like I'm on the mic. But, uh, yeah, I don't see any others in my collection right off that are just, uh, no, I don't think there's really a such thing. No. <laughs> I think you're on to something. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sinkers and stinkers, and that's all there are. Yeah, um, is Overlord about submarines or space? I Overlord? But Squoon. I'm going with Squoon as my uh, top pick for submarine games. <laughs> for what that's worth. Yeah, for whatever it's well, worth. Well, the next game is Rockin' Cats, which I never heard of, but it looks like one of those lame Hanna-Barbera type cartoons. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is what it is. Um, I'm not overly familiar with this game either it's kind of a rarer game i've never actually in all the years i've been collecting seen one even at convention um it everything i've heard about this game is that it is very very good uh graphically it looks good i've seen some let's plays of it and what have you um i hear that it's play controls are tight and very fun to play yeah i'm looking i'm, and, I'm looking uh, at the power meter got it it's uh, storing a 3.3 across the board with just a little bit yeah, high for theme go. and fun, and it looks like a cartoon. 
Yeah, it it's very cartoony. It looks like you're playing a cartoon, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know whether or not I can give it my seal of approval, you know, the is it worth it seal of pr- approval or whatever. But, yeah, this game, it goes for about $60, which is starting to get on the high end of games for the NES, or at least the mid-high end. Um, I don't know. That, that's up to you guys. If you make a lot of money and you're just a big collector, I'm sure this is worth it. If I found this game for $30, I would grab it up. I don't know at 60 if I would. So this may be one that I'll never own. Yeah, the artwork know. seems uh, the artwork seems quite different from the game because there's like one scene yeah. where the guy's at a uh, a table with his with his doll, which is a pink cat with blonde hair, but in the cutscene mm-hmm. she's a white cat with red hair. So yeah, either I mean, he's two timing her, or these time. guys don't know how to look at screenshots and draw them. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of times you, you ended up with random color swaps and things like that back then. I mean, there's so many egregious just errors of that type back in the day that you just kind of got to be colorblind in addition to bit blind or whatever you want to call it that enables us to play these crappy graphic games, you know. Um, it's it's just a sign of the times. That's the way it yeah. was. So, yeah, you just got to let it now, go. Now, uh, in the classified information, we are looking at... Uh, different games like Little Nemo, the Dream Master. You got experience yeah. with that? Big time experience with this one, yeah. We, as uh, my sister and I being closest in age um, of the four siblings, we got this game when I was about, I don't know, 12 or 13. Used to play the fuck out of this game, man. It's great. It is just great. This is Capcom at its finest. It's actually based off of a... Excuse me, a Japanime, which was based off a comic strip from like 1903 yeah. or something about this little boy that goes to sleep and he goes off to dreamland and meets all these, you know, whimsical oh, yeah, whatever. But the game. John and I yeah, went into the game detail about uh, Windsor McKay oh, and his animation style, his comic legacy, mm-hmm. how he was the one who influenced Disney and uh, uh, Walter and Lance. Oh, there's this uh, video if you find out if you find it. Uh, John Terry from Terry Tunes and uh, Walter Lance and uh, I think Frizz was it Frizz Feeling or Max Fleischer? They all teamed up to oh, make a, a cartoon porn for his birthday. And oh boy, it's called like uh, uh, <laughs> shit. Ever ready hard on. Because why not? You, you look it up. It, it's got that slapstick. It's got that nope. slapstick comic whimsy to it, <laughs> but with dicks. Yeah, I yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. I guess I'm so. I guess I'm so used Good. to John jumping on stuff like that that I figured every guy would be like dicks. Yeah, cartoon nope. dicks. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, next is the Lone Ranger. You ever you uh, played that game? Oh yeah, Lone Ranger is another. I, I I will mention Little Nemo only goes for about ten dollars, and if you don't have it in your collection, get it. So it's, it's really supremely cool. worth it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not an expensive game, and it plays brilliantly. Um, just beautiful animations, everything about the game. Being able to feed candy to animals and ride either in them or on their backs to gain new powers and stuff. Just really cool, man. Love the game. But The Lone Ranger, another really great game. This one not by Capcom, but by its basically counterpart, Konami. Um, Again, great game. Opens up with the William Tell Overture. 
you know, the Lone Ranger rides out shooting his gun. You actually get a cinematic that is actually a cinematic, which is just super rare for Nintendo. It's not just like still screens. You actually see the horse's legs trotting and And then it is very cool. And then it plays a lot or kind of like Robin Hood in that, you know, you go to these different areas and acquire new items and that enables you to get to this next area, et cetera, et cetera. And then mo- most of the game action portions plays very differently in that it's a uh, like a side-scrolling scro- action platformer. And as you learn new or get new uh, items like silver bullets, uh, shoot further and better than normal bullets, obviously, to go along with the show, and different items and stuff act differently, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you can unlock trigger in the first area and he'll enable you to go to backtrack and go to different areas and such it's a really big like uh well thought out uh pushed game for the nintendo this is one that uh, came out kind of late on its life i want to say or well it's like 91 92 something like that when this came out so yeah it's one of the better nintendo games for yeah sure. well on the opposite end of that scale another game that i don't want to talk about too much but is covered here is the simpsons and uh one of the screenshots that shows x-ray specs so i believe that's the bard versus the space mutants yeah um i will say uh lone ranger goes for about 20 bucks pick it up uh the simpsons bard versus space mutants this is one that i rented quite a bit as a kid because the simpsons was like they were everything to me as a child. Most of us, you know, you and I are both uh, 36. And Simpsons came out with, when I was in third grade. Initially, I wasn't able to watch it. My parents felt it was too risque. And I would sneak peeks of it anyway and such. And just loved the show. So when a Nintendo game came out for it, that's all I wanted to play. And yeah, you play as Bart. But you have to get these x-ray specs to be able to see like signs and stuff that the aliens have put up a very uh, they live style thing where there's these secret messages and the aliens in the first level need everything purple i think it is or everything pink or, yeah, it's red purple. or something and they're gonna yeah they're gonna use these items to uh to do something with nefarious i don't know and you have to go through and paint everything a different color or otherwise cover it with something to where the aliens can't see the purple and <coughs> excuse me that sounds cool but it isn't it's just terrible in impl- implication or implementation excuse me and uh the the controls on this game are just shit and as it goes on it gets harder and harder and worse and worse and just stay away from this one like it's the plague basically if it says the simpsons on it and it's for the nintendo don't get yeah. it this one goes for $8, but only because it's one of these games that, um, you know, is directly tied to something that people have nostalgia for that was good. Uh, the games were not. I believe there's two others, Bart vs. the World and Bart Meets Radioactive Man for the Nintendo, and then there are subsequent ones. Oh, and wait, Krusty's Funhouse, I guess, is also a Simpsons game. Also <laughs> terrible. And then they went on in the Super Nintendo with more games, you know, Bart's Nightmare and all that. Three uh, and didn't do Bart vs. the World. Uh, yeah, that was also on Super Nintendo, I believe. Or no, it was on Nintendo, yeah. Yeah, I think one of them was on both. Yeah, you have to find, like, Fu Manchu Burns and... Yeah, just stay away from them. They're just all... They're terrible. Up until uh, yeah. Road Rage was pretty Damn, good. I love that game. And I actually... 
yeah, it's quite good. And then the uh, the fighting game, a lot of people say it's terrible. The wrestling, I actually thought it was hilarious. But <laughs> Well, we'll skip over <laughs> the rest of the classified information and get to The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, this is made by Capcom, and they only, back then, they only <laughs> made good shit. Um, the problem is this is based off The Little Mermaid. Uh, not something as a man that I was overly uh, into as a kid. Uh, I was in vocal music around this era and somehow duped into being into the play for The Little Mermaid, so I do know every song word <laughs> for word um, to this goddamn day. Um, and it's something my daughter is into now, so double whatever. But the game, you know what, actually pretty decent. You know, it's a side-scroller where you're basically flying because you're swimming underwater and you play as Ariel and whatever and it doesn't go for too much it's like a 10 yeah the graphics game. seem pretty weak compared to capcom which usually nails it yeah you're, you're not wrong. like ariel her hair is purple in these screenshots and so is uh oh, her graphs. hair is red but and we all know her hair is red uh yeah it, it's red that 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 grab must just be of uh poor quality or something is wrong with it but yeah her hair is red all the colors are right but graphically uh not not the best no yeah. But uh, speaking speaking of not the best, followed up is Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure. Yeah, uh, don't <laughs> get it. Um, this one is well known, well documented as being just a shit game. Uh, not a lot I can say about it. It's based off a movie that I have a lot of um, love for. Uh, and I don't know why. I guess it's just because it reminds me of my childhood. I was actually more of a Bogus Journey fan. Station. Um, yeah, well, Station, Steve Vai, you know, I, like he was a guitar god when I was a kid. And uh, he does. Plus I had that wicked song at the end. Uh, god gave rock and roll to you. Yeah, right. With the opening theme played, I believe, by Steve Vai on the movie version, but not on the actual soundtrack version. Uh, the soundtrack, the song itself is a Kiss song, which is terrible. But that opening where, you know, he's hitting those riffs and they say, and all we've got to say is, and they throw up their hands and I believe that's Vi. Um, really cool stuff. So, yeah, I watched that movie way too much as a kid. The game, however, doesn't have any of that campy weirdness that made the other, you know, the movies good. It's just a terrible game based off a movie that should be by all rights it, terrible. It made, just don't get it. Yeah, I think it, it made by a claim here, although I'm pretty sure we know it's LJN. Uh, no, it's a claim, but they, you know, they weren't always a thousand. It could be. I really don't know. I know they were owned by, they had a parent company, but. It must be a claim because uh, The Simpsons also had that <laughs> shitty, that same shitty play control. And, uh, oh, yeah, the power meter here. I think this is the lowest I've ever seen on the power meter. The play control is 2.2 out of 5. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. It's just terrible. It's not a playable game. It's it's really just yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's just shite. So uh, let me see. The next feature uh, talks about the upcoming games with future gaming with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, we get oh, to see wow. games like uh, Pilot Wings. Act Razor, yeah. Super Mario World, oh, Super yeah. Ghost and Goblins, uh, Gradius 3. Yeah. Every one of those games yeah. is worthy. Uh, Zelda 3. It's, to oh, me, man. it's like the yeah. best. Like the other, like the 3D Zelda, 
Uh, maybe the play control was just bad with that weird stick in the middle of the controller, but I just like having like mm-hmm. rich 2D graphics rather than Dorito-shaped 3D graphics. I, I tend to agree. Uh, a lot of people are on the fence as to whether it's um, you know Zelda 3 or Ocarina that are, is the best game. I have no qualms saying I think it's probably 3. Um, I'm also a big fan of one and the ones for Game Boy. Link's Awakening in particular is really good. I, I do like Oracle uh, Season. Oh yeah, they just had the overhead view. They didn't try to reach. They didn't. They didn't go beyond their reach. They knew what they could do. But with like the whole N64 catalog, for the most part, seemed to me to be reaching beyond their ability, trying to figure out what the hell this 3D thing is. Well. They were really pushing at the time because they, they kind of cut their own leg off in deciding that, hey, we're going to stick with this. And making their own worst enemy with Sony. Yeah, right, exactly. They basically made their biggest competitor by saying, no, we don't need you we're, anymore. We're, and, of course, Sony went off. We, got, good, we got a good feeling about they, this Philips CDI thing. Yeah, they did the same thing with Philips CDI where they eventually pushed them away, and or with Philips, rather, cause, well, and then... Philip said, well, we're going to make our own company, too. Suitman Court very famously won the right to produce games with the Mario uh, and uh, Zelda characters done, in done, them. And done in PC paint. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just hor- horrendous games. But, yeah, they did make uh, PlayStation, which, I mean, I'm glad they did because had PlayStation not been on the scene... The only competitor would have been Sega, and I love Sega. I absolutely adore Sega. The Saturn was very – it was actually a great system, just not here. Um, yeah, they just wouldn't have had competition. I don't know. We, we'd, uh, we'd have been behind for sure, but uh, PlayStation pushed video games in a way it needed to be pushed so that the adults that were transitioning from kids into actual adults – had something that they could not be embarrassed okay, to play. So you know? I'll just skim through this and you can just tell me worth it, not worth it, or you haven't played it. Super Mario World. Sure. F-Z- of course. F-Zero. Yeah, worth it. Um, oh yeah, absolutely worth it. Both those games made our most recent episode top 10 Zelda 3. games. So. <laughs> Pilot that one too. Yep. That one, I mean, it's worth it because it's worth quite a bit less than the others. But yeah, Super Play it. Action Football. Uh, you know, I just if you find it for a dollar, <laughs> Gradius Three, Super Bases Loaded. Do you like Midnight <laughs> Baseball? Good question because I don't, but I'm sure John would. And you know, you want to pitch pre uh, juicing Roger Clemens? Yeah. You got <laughs> pre disgraced Barry Bonds. Super Art. Um, yeah, it's also Augusta a very, very good shooter. Augusta what did you say? Golf by t Soft. It's, you know, the funny thing about golf is like, every time I'm like, no, it's a golf game, fuck that, I'll actually break down and eventually play them. I've yet to find a quote-unquote bad golf game. They're all playable, and, you know, you can just sit there and drink and play them. So I'm sure it's a dollar and Darius. very worth it. Darius, Darius Twin, probably. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's not as good as uh, our. It looks Darius just like three, them. but it's fine. Yeah, it's the screenshot is you're fighting a giant fish. Final yeah. fight. There you go. I mean, it, 
Oh, man, Final Fight. Yeah, definitely worth it. It was actually the first game I owned for the Super Nintendo. Uh, Draken. Great game. It's a, no, no, no. Just yeah. no. If you own a copy of Draken, give it away. I'm looking at the screenshot here, and it looks like a Nintendo game rather than a Super Nintendo game. And I believe it was it was originally built for one of the early uh, computing systems and then ported to the Super Nintendo rather poorly. Yeah. Uh, SimCity. Oh yeah, yeah. That's oh, a great Frank, I can, fucking I, I've spent mm. hours building a city just waiting for Bowser to come along and wreck it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's impact razor. Oh yeah, that's SimCity with uh, a god. It's basically just an amazing game. One of my I need to actually get off my ass and play this freaking thing. It looks amazing. That thing is fucking Su- sweet, dude. You will lose. Oh, oh, excuse me. You'll lose all kinds of time. It was actually my number one huh. pick for the Super SMU, Ghouls and Ghosts. If you've got infinite time on if your you, hands, if you if you've game. got the, if you had that Dark Souls itch before Dark Souls came out, yeah, this is the game for you. Even beyond that, yeah, it wasn't until I was in my late twenties that I managed to beat Super Goals and Ghosts, and that was I was out of work and I dedicated a couple months to beat games that I'd never beaten as a kid, but played to death. And uh, I managed to beat this one and uh, the original Ninja and, Turtles uh, for the Nintendo Legend of the Mystical one. Ninja. Oh yeah, yeah. All the Goemon games are quite good. It's um, kind of RPG action based. If you've ever played River City Ransom or Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I need to get on those that. games then. Uh, Jumbo Ozaki's Hole in One. It's a golf game. Castlevania Four. Oh yeah, wonderful game. Uh, amongst the uh, original style, what I mean when I say original style, like Bloodlines, Castlevania One, Castlevania Three. Castlevania 4, where it didn't have the quote-unquote uh, Metroidvania or Castleroid type shit. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really, really oh, yeah, good. I definitely remember. Better. Like, this was one of the first games I played, and I was just freaking blown away by the Super Nintendo with this. Oh, uh, yeah. Game. No, no. Like, some people got into that game, say it's like a SimCity clone. Yeah, it looks like Animal Crossing. Yeah. Wasn't for me. UN Squadron. My absolute favorite shooting, flying, shoot 'em up, whatever you want to call huh. it, game of all time. It's just a completely amazing and classic. Next is game. A Super Ultra Baseball. Yeah, yeah Battle Dodgeball. Uh, you know, I haven't played it. Uh, if it plays anything like Super Dodgeball for the original Nintendo, <laughs> I'm in. I don't don't know if it uh, does. Here's one but... I never heard of. It looks like Seven Saga, but it's called Gadzulin or Gadzulin. Man, it, you got me. It really looks. Uh, it looks like Seven Gad- Saga. The graphics. G a d u l i n. Shit, dude. I don't know. Did that even come out? I. I don't know. You got me. I thought I knew the whole <laughs> library front and back. I stumped the man. Uh, yeah, Here's another one I never heard of. SD, yeah, The Great know. Battle. Yeah. yeah, that one too. Shit. So, back to back. SD, The Great Battle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these could be just games, you know, I I used to basically live at a Yeah, game these may be prototypes that never made it. Thought I'd play. Like Earthbound. It could be. Uh, you know, I don't know. But oh, here's a fighting game, Ultraman. Games. Oh, yeah. Ultraman's actually... 
not bad, but uh, if you're looking for a physical card, it, it goes uh, for quite a bit. Big run. Now, so. Yeah, it looks like F zero, but with hover cars. Well, I guess I just have zero. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm guessing it's fucking ass. <laughs> uh, next, uh, <laughs> oh, damn, uh, D Force looks like 1942 to me, but for the Super Nintendo. D Force isn't bad. It's a, it's a cheap alternative to some of the now more expensive shooters for the Super Nintendo. It really does sound like a gay porn, though, doesn't it? The D Force. Uh, not one I would want to watch, but then again, I wouldn't really want to watch any. Uh, bamboozle. Bamboozle yep. or bamboozle. It, uh, you know, that tickles something in the back of my head. It looks like Hubert. You know, just that, yeah. Yeah. It's not. So, screw that. Oh, well, here's one that we definitely know is worth it. Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, that's probably my favorite Final Fantasy. Either it or... Uh, I, I'd say Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo just beats it a bit. Yeah, a lot because of their villain that. was, their villain was it came out of nowhere, and like yeah, yeah he broke and the he world. Wins. And, the, and the game is it only the game's only yeah. half done. It has such a fantastic right. ending. I, I I will agree. It probably has the best storyline. Two was very um, close behind the best. Two two's very close. But the thing I like about two and nine over uh three slash six or whatever um is that in in three six you can have strago through the use of merit badge and other you know things you know be a warrior you can have someone like sabin be casting ultima and those things don't make sense to me why would a martial artist be casting these huge spells that's you know reserved to if you like Strago, if you want to, sure they, if you want to have a have fresh take villain. on that, there's a mod for Final Fantasy III that actually scratches that itch you're describing. It's called Brave New World, yeah. and it actually tw- it it twists the mechanics so that these characters are actually more customized to their character's style. Where Saban is more physical and spiritual based, but not magic based, because he still uses like chakra and aura bolt. But it's not magic based; it's spirit based. Sure, and which kind of goes into me. Yeah. So, but I'm probably the only asshole that. No, you that weren't. Way. You weren't because again, really, all these all these programmers went into yeah. it, and uh, they've even got like a let's play of it on YouTube, and it completely changes the way oh, the yeah. game is played, but keeps the story the same. In that you can't like. Oh, one of the best twists is that you can't pickpocket animals. Because, again, why would an animal have a friggin' tunic on Why would a squirrel have a tunic on him? So if you try to pickpocket sure. an animal, it will counterattack and bite you because you got close to it. So yeah, it, like, it's really worth checking out Final Fantasy III, A Brave New World. Because it changes the mechanics yeah, so much. Cool. It's like playing... A, you realize how broken the first game was mechanically. Because there are some stats... Uh, like the magic defense that don't even work, like they're null stats. This fixes yeah. it, so all the stats work, and you get the game where if they actually had enough time to to fix it, like this is like mm. what the patch, what if well, it's what the patch would have been if they had patches for games. Sure, sure. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm glad it's out there somewhere. At least I may have to check that out at a later date. Well, if you have a, like, uh, well, we could do it. I wonder if there's a mod-based podcast or a modcast. I don't know. 
You should maybe hey, man, branch out. We could do that because we've pl- we've you've played all the old games, <laughs> but if we played the mod, have. then you could say like, is this a good twist on an old game, or was the old one better? Like, you've got all the ex- previous experience to say like whether this was a needed improvement or, you know, it just comes down to time for me. Like like I told you uh, pre-show, I am doing a new podcast, but it's one that <laughs> I can be lazy with. And that's really what I'm looking for. If I, I've already got two podcasts on my plate, and I do you know other work elsewhere too. Um, uh, if I were to get one more, it would have to be the most minimal effort ever. It'd have to be like podcasting tonight <laughs> today or something like that. And, you know, uh, did it hurt to poop? By Dwayne J. <laughs> yeah, and you, normally the answer is yes. Man, but <laughs> okay. Uh, well, but next anyway. we got some Game Boy games. Uh, we'll just do a quick pass on these. Mm-hmm. Who framed Roger Rabbit? I mean, come on. We know we know what we know. The Nintendo if one was a steaming pile of trash. But what about the Game Boy one? How did that stack? You know, it, it's the same game uh, with worse graphics. I am one of the few defenders, and just barely, of the LJN Roger Rabbit NES game. I played it a lot as a kid. It controls terribly it makes almost no sense but once you get what they were trying to do with the game it's like a really really (laughs) bad adventure game and i was able to beat it as a kid numerous times Uh, i believe i still remember a a secret shortcut to the end you could put in i think it was the number eight followed by all U's, and it would bring you to the very end of the game and all you had to buy was the dynamite in the toontown and uh I loved the movie. I got pictures of me and Jessica Rabbit when I was uh, seven years old at damn um, Disney World, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just absolutely was a huge Roger Rabbit fan. But I can realistically say it was a bad game. The Game Boy version is a worse version of that game. So, no, just stay away. Unless you're like me and you just absolutely... You can just imagine Charlton Heston crying over a statue of... Roger Rabbit going, you bastards! You made it worse! Oh, how could you? You blew it all up! Uh, I'm Very looking close. at the, the uh, next game, which is a productivity pack. Oh boy, I don't think anyone would touch these games. It was like it, the InfoGenius brand of games. A travel guide, spell checker, yeah. personal organizer. If you're using your Game Boy as a personal organizer... Your life, your life is messed up. This is an, well, this is an era. I mean, you gotta bring yourself, do the rewind machine, and bring yourself back to that era. The idea of having an electronic, personal anything where you could keep track of this, that, or the other thing was pretty novel back then. This is pre Palm Pilot. You know, we had cell phones that were, you know, Zach Morris sized, you know, phones and such, but they weren't every day. You know. So having this brick that could, you know, do anything of that nature was pretty novel for the time. Going back to it now, it's ridiculous. It's not a game, obviously. That's some like an app that you would download on your phone and it would look a million times <laughs> uh, better. So this is one yeah, you stay away. You played that game? Uh, I haven't. I I can only assume it's based off the Charlie Sheen movie. Uh from the, around the same time, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I remember kind of liking the movie as a kid, not enough to actually remember anything outside of Charlie Sheen jumping off a bridge out of a moving car. Uh, 
whatever. Uh, I seriously doubt the game fared much better than the movie, which mm. is largely forgettable. Well, uh, we've got a bunch of other games. Uh, here's one I never heard of, Defenders of Dynatron City. Now, that one's pretty good, at least for the uh, the Nintendo. If we're talking Game Boy, I don't know. But the one for the Nintendo, I own it. Um, it's basically a kind of an isometric brawler like you would have Final Fight or whatever, um, in which you get to play... I believe it's four different characters, and each character is a superhero of some kind. They have different abilities, although these are not anywhere based in like a serious realm. It's like a more comic, Toxic Crusaders type of vibe to it, if you can get that. And it plays pretty good. I mean, I'm not really big yeah, on these types the of games. Yeah, the screenshot of this yeah, is fine. weird. Like, well, there's a, there's a guy with muscles on the cape. It looks like Skeletor from the neck down. And he's got a, a hammer mm-hmm. on top of his neck. So, guess what his name is? <laughs> hammer neck. <laughs> and uh, there's this lady who's like a... Oh, she has a buzzsaw unicycle mermaid look going on. So, uh... Yep. Like I said, quirky as fuck, but it plays pretty good. And, you know, it's relatively rare. If you and find then there's... Cheap, yeah, these are parts of the, uh, the pack watch for upcoming games. Uh, uh, next is well oh yeah these were just I was trying to figure out what the hell the game I'm looking at is but they've just mentioned like a whole bunch of them like where was Carmen Sandiego King's Quest 5 sure um King's Quest games are good except for yeah a point and click game should be on the system with a mouse Generally speaking, I'd agree, although I do love Maniac Mansion, Shadowgate, Deja Vu, uh, Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. All those games are actually good. Wow. Uh, uninvited. Uh, this this one. Ooh, here, ooh, here's no, one that no, looks, he uh, looks, it looks like McKids, uh, Treasure Master. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one's quite rare these days. I'm not sure the price point on it. Uh, it's easily over $50. Uh it's it's also just one of these games that's well known as not being a quote unquote good Ooh. game. So <laughs> here's the last one from Acclaim slash LJN. Uh, we got Smash TV. I thought yeah. I played it for the Super Nintendo. That was now, good. It is. It, it's also good for the Nintendo. Believe it or not, uh, really forward thinking on their part. You actually can play it one player with two controllers, where you use the directional pad to uh, turn your character uh, around different directions and then the other directional pad to fire in different directions so that you can, uh, (coughs) excuse me, move one way while shooting another way, if that makes sense. Because it's like this top-down view, and that enabled you to be able, by using the two-controller setup, you could, say, walk north and shoot south with that, configuration or you could just play on one controller and have to turn around to do so but by doing it that way when you turn around you're actually moving that, that direction yeah. so the I thought it was pretty, games pretty they talk about part. are other summer releases from acclaim ljn include wolverine and terminator 2 judgment day yeah just stay away from both those piles <laughs> of shit they're really bad oh uh, yeah i'm looking at one with wolverine swimming and of course i'm like dude what yeah. is his fucking weakness he weighs like 350 pounds because of all the metal it bonded to his skeleton. 
He sinks. Wolverine does not swim. Yeah. No, it would take a he tremendous effort. He would need like a vehicle, like a Sea Dew or a. Have you seen those underwater uh, fl- gliding boards that people have now? Which uh, they've got like uh, little propellers on them. No. Yeah, unless oh, you yeah. basically Actually, fly underwater, or sure. you get to reenact the scene from Battletoads where you're like barely hanging onto the handlebars of a of a bike. Sure. I think he'd probably. I mean, we're talking Wolverine. He'd just walk along yeah. the bottom. He'd be fine. I mean, the dude can take a bullet to the head. I, I think in one arc he actually was burnt and they resurrected him from a single drop of blood. Yeah, I saw him get incinerated by Nitro. He, he was just like a metal skeleton and still yeah, walking around. And I'm like, dude, he, he doesn't have any brain matter left. How is he still moving? Like, They, they just went mental with this. Yeah, like, oh, apparently no, he's got to deal with uh, death now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well, the we seem terrible. to be uh, wrapping up this issue. Uh, this was a little longer than I expected. Maybe this will be uh, its own standalone epi- episode based on the oh, uh, wow. the length we've gone to. But uh, my bad, I have a tendency. Yeah, it was to good information, and it's not like me when I ramble. It's just empty air. Yeah. Uh, one of the I think the last game we'll talk, discuss. Uh, they talk about in uh, Gossip Galore. We've got Kung Fu Two. Which I don't remember Kung Fu being that much of a, mm. a game, but then again, I didn't have much experience playing it except at my cousin's house for like five minutes. Uh, you know, did you try right. Kung Fu too? Well, I didn't, and I'll tell you why. Mm. It never came out. Um, Kung Fu 1 did. Kung Fu 2 you can get as a repro cart. It was finished. It's one of these games that they had done but never released for fun. Uh, just like the original Earthbound. So... Yeah, so the ROM exists out there. You can find Kung Fu 2. Occasionally, people will post these up on eBay. It's one of the games that people will try and trick newer collectors into thinking is something quite rare, when in actuality, it's just something that's been redone. And uh, Hammer and Harry. I never heard of this. Yeah. It's also, I mean, it's just another one of these shovelware games for the Nintendo. It's. Uh, Did you ever play the Ultimate series? But it. Oh sure, yeah, I've got Quest for the Avatar and the original uh, Exodus for the Nintendo. I, I am missing the third and rarest one for the original Nintendo. And then I did play later installments like the Black Gate and the False Prophet and stuff like that for the okay, Super Nintendo. Because it says here the third NES installment is due out this fall: Ultima Warriors of Destiny. Based on Ultima 4. Yeah, that's the one that's rare. Yeah, that one's hard to find now. And, uh, you know, if you like really long-winded RPGs that have horrendous graphics for the original Nintendo, (laughs) this is your bag. You know, it's not a bad game. It's just way too much involved to get into those games. Same with, like, Wizardry. It's like, I can't say Wizardry's a quote-unquote Is that the one where you're a wizard and you have to, like, throw a knife between two goblins to... Make them fight because they think they challenged each other. I think you're thinking uh, of the immortal. Um, Wizardry was the one that was all vector graphics. It was the entirety of the game for the NES is in black and white, and it's just a dungeon crawler where you just infinitely crawl through this dungeon. And if you miss certain things throughout the game or accidentally, there's a couple items that if you use in the wrong spot your 50 hours are just gone, much like uh, King's Quest V for the Nintendo. You can 
fuck up late in the game and actually get Ooh, to a non-run state. That's um, the mark of a bad game right there. Yeah. Yeah, typically speaking, yeah. So you really have to have yeah. your guide. Like, and just when, know when you fuck up in a game, it should be your fault, fault not the game's fault. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. But back then, I mean, they made games harder than they needed to be so that, you know, you would have to either keep renting them or buy them. And uh, I think the last one we'll discuss is, uh, it says here, Romance and Uncharted Waters. Did you play Uncharted Waters? Oh, man. I am one of the biggest fans of Uncharted Waters. I've probably put 400 hours into that game. Um, the Nintendo version is not much different than the Super Nintendo Genesis versions. Uh, it spawned a sequel, Uncharted Waters 2 New Horizons. It's effectively, uh, if you've ever played like uh, Sid Meier's Pirates or any of the other games of that nature, it's, you know, you play as a new explorer that gets a small, like, schooner-type boat, and you're told to, you know, if you want to marry my daughter, the princess, you have to do, you know, prove, prove yourself worthy or whatever. And then you sail the seas, the completely uncharted seas, and find new ports and buy goods and sell them higher at other places or get into it with pirates or join an army or that sounds you know, kind of awesome. you what you want to do. And you have a, f- it's really good. Uh, graphically it's not, but the way it plays is really cool. You can really get into this game. Uh, you have a finite amount of years that you have to do this. Um, it's not like a set amount of time. It's just once you hit your nineties, your character will, uh, start having a random number generator that he could be killed every month and I remember playing as a kid and getting uh, so far into it but I was like advanced age and I would have to save every week so that if I died I could reset you know and reset and it finally got to where I just died every time when I hit 100 you, know, you, you, you marry that princess um, she's probably really going to cool. be 100 too I mean that king has got to be long back. exactly and it's yeah yeah, and it's set in, uh, oh, the 15, or no, the 1450s, I think. And you can get uh, Columbus as like a first mate if you want to, if you get famous enough. And other historical figures are prevalent as well. You can travel all the way to America and chart it, Antarctica, if you have the provisions to do so. Just really cool. And it uh, it really pays you off for your knowledge of geography, of which I have a fairly extensive Okay, so I guess the the last game that will the last game we'll wrap up on is uh, one game that I never really uh, thought much of based on the coverage in this game, in this uh, series of books, magazines. This yeah, this magazine little brain fart right there. Sorry, uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms Two. Uh, have you played the Romance of the Kingdoms games? I've I've played many of these games, and uh, again, it's a lot like Uncharted Waters. Graphically, <clears throat> they're they're pretty bad. And the older ones, like two here, you're looking at a screen full of numbers, and that's that can be difficult, especially when you're you see that map and it's just a bunch of numbers, and you don't know that without the strategy guide, which gives you a corresponding map, and each number means a certain country and then you can look at that well, yeah, and like, should I establish trade with 25 or should I invade 23 yeah it wasn't until the Super Nintendo where they had like Romance of the Three, Three Kingdoms 4 Wall of Fire and then Beyond that they really came into their own but games of this sort from this time period 
were all effectively the same, but as long as you had a little imagination and the strategy guide, uh, they were really great. You had both the romance games, Genghis Khan, one and two, I believe, Destiny of an Emperor, North and South. No, no uh, Bungle's Ambition. Oh, I can't remember what. Yeah, no, no Banaka's ambition or no bunga. Yeah, uh, yeah. All these games were all no. you know, for the original Nintendo, yeah. and to an outsider looking in, no bunga, like the boring cousin good. of Kawabunga. Yeah, no, no bunga. It just it sounds like someone who would eat yeah. beans out of his hat. It's, a, it's like a rejected yeah. Beavis character. Bangalia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, no bungo. It just sounds like the dumbest guy, but it's I actually it no Nobunaga. So. Nobunaga, Nobunaga. <laughs> I say shit potato. Again. Yeah, but you know, if, they're, they're if very you playable. Get, no, if you just, don't get dyslexia looking at that, all the numbers. Yeah, it's it, they're hard to go back to now. I put a lot of hours in games of this nature. Jim uh, Fire is probably my all-time favorite of this type of game and it also appears on the Nintendo although I do prefer the Super Nintendo version um, yeah these games are great it's just being able to get into them it takes a little bit oh L- Emperor that's another good one uh, that takes place during the N- N- Napoleonic Wars uh, of course North and South is the Civil War you know and they're all very history entrenched in the you know if you have a background in history at all like the, these games are great because all these characters are in the game, and you can change the course of history. You want to kill Grant at the beginning of the Civil War? What was it? That what was that North and South? What? Shit. Yeah, because yeah, I talked about that with John in a uh, previous game. Like, it, like it would be great if it was like Command and Conquer, where you could almost get cutscenes or something, yeah. where it's just like, "Hey, Grant's dead, and uh, well, you know Lincoln's uh, ready to surrender. So, do we accept or do we storm Washington?" You just have to have that all in your imagination, or maybe the passing of Grant causes you know someone else to rise up and become the, you know, George Washington. George Washington Carver gave up his win. industrious inventing career to be, to become a general to to lead yeah. the freed slave. Yeah, no, <laughs> and he invented the peanut cannon and. It, 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 turns, it turns out Robert changed. E. Lee had no, a peanut allergy, I mean, so he gave him peanut butter on a cracker, and there we go. There you go. <laughs> War solved. Done. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's fun to me. Uh, again, these aren't games that even being a fan of, I can really go back to well, now. In the, really, uh, uh, in the upcoming but, games, in the next issue, is Final Fantasy Legend 2, which, we, uh, which you uh, told me about. Yeah, yeah, James is a huge proponent of uh, Final Fantasy Legend 2. When uh, I asked him to be a part of my podcast after that uh, guest episode he had done, you know, he said, uh, can we do this game next? Uh, I, is this the one that uh, became about Secret of Mana? Yeah, no. Uh, that would be the other Final Fantasy Game Boy games. And I can't, Adventure? Final Fantasy Adventure, yeah. Um, these ones uh, were in Japan known as Saga games, and then we got the two Saga games for the PlayStation and the one for the PlayStation 2 here. The adventure games were Psych and Dentetsu, uh, right? Yeah, they're... Uh, the Psych Secret of Mana is Psych and like uh, Dentetsu 2. Yeah, right. Um, you got one and two, and then uh, the two... No, 
Yeah, I think there's two for Game Boy. And they all play similarly where, you know, you have to charge up weapons. Yeah, the, I, I avoided Final Fantasy on the Game Boy when the first Final Fantasy game I played, like, you had to, like, buy a fist to punch a guy. And I'm just like, really? Did you, yeah, like, that's... do you walk into a store with, with like, money hanging on your stump? That that is the one that we played, uh, Final Fantasy Legend Two. You have to buy your weaponry, including fists. Yeah, you, uh, you don't even have, you don't even have like default weapons. Kicks. If you run out of uh, you run out of weapons in a fight, you're screwed. Or do you have like some default weak weapon? No, you have no default weak weapon. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of problems with the game. Uh, you can listen to the episode coming up to like get a better handle of where I stood on it. Uh, James is a big a big fan of the game, and had I played this game when I was of age, when it came out, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, I would have loved it too. But going back to it with my 36-year-old eyes, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Uh, I understand why James loved it. I couldn't play past about 10 hours, which apparently should have been able to beat the game in that time frame, but because of the way I was playing it, I was about halfway through at best. So, but James, he he's a trooper. He he really liked that game. Well, I, mean, I think that does, uh, so. I think that wraps up the coverage. Yeah. Like we could go on for like almost the entirety of a regular episode just talking about the games that are covered in this. But uh, sure. overall, we'll just uh, wrap it up with uh, you've uh, like what was your experience with Nintendo Power Magazine itself? Like uh, when did you start on it, and like where you? Well. As far as when when I was growing up, Nintendo Power, you know, I don't I don't remember the first instance in which I saw it. I was uh, not the rich kid growing up. I was one of the poorer kids, and as such, you know, I had a Nintendo, but I had uh, early on two, maybe three games that I would constantly swap out with whoever would trade me for any other game, just so I could get something new in the house, kind of thing. And of course, I had no subscription in Nintendo Power, but I had this friend that lived down the street and he was the kid that had everything. You know, he had close to ninety Nintendo games, I remember, and he had like yeah, he was that kid. And he had like every Nintendo Power. And so I would borrow Nintendo Power from him along with games. I basically treated him as though he were a free block. <laughs> I had friends like that. Guys. That's how I got that's how I got and, into uh, Mega Man two, yeah. Mega Man three. Gosh. Oh, that's how I got Mega Man. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of games that I, had it not been for this kid, and his name was Jackson, but had it not been for him, I would have never played a number of the games that I have nostalgia for now. Um, so thanks, <laughs> Jackson. I know you're not listening, but whatever. Um, yeah, and I would read these issues at his house, and then later on when I moved from Georgia to uh, the Oklahoma area where I predominantly grew up, uh, I met a lot of kids that you know also had Nintendo Power, and again, I would just borrow these things from them and... Uh, sometimes uh, trade on my lunch money for a copy or whatever, or be given a copy that was particularly ratty or whatever. And I ended up with a pretty sizable collection before I gave them all away when I was, you know, uh, no idea, teenager. no idea they could be but, collectors. Yeah, it, it was always, <laughs> no, none of us did. I mean, the same could be said for all the Nintendo games that I had when I was a kid. You know, I have a couple of things from my teenage years as far as video games is concerned, but the majority of it uh, I sold off for a fraction of its cost. And, yeah, of course you regret it now, but, you know, hindsight. Well, that's uh, – well, Blaine has been a great having you on the show. It's a, It's been a very good experience to actually talk about the games rather than 
just the magazine and the artwork and stuff. It's uh, it's been an interesting change. Yeah. Hey, it's good <laughs> to have someone who's informed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, games have been a big part of my life for 20, 25 years, whatever. Well, it's I hope been. I can uh, yeah. be on. If you ever have a game that uh, you think I could uh, weigh in on, I'd be glad to be on your show. Shit. Well, uh, what's your favorite uh, game? Super Nintendo was where I uh, really peaked on the RPGs. But uh, lots of games. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be an RPG. You know, just what game do you have the most uh, time to play? Shit, with? there was Super Mario World. There was. Uh, I think I'll probably uh, have to answer that off, off, off the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You. You think about what it is you might want to do as far as the show is concerned, and I'll do my best to get James Sweet. on board. And maybe we can get well, you on a show. Uh, you're listening to a special extra episode of uh, issue 26 of the Robin Hood episode of Nintendo Power. Uh, thanks for being on Playing With Power. We can find you on the uh, Is It Worth It podcast. Is there any other uh, internet presence you wish to promote? I mean, if you type in Is It Worth It on Facebook, I've got a Facebook page there. I've got a Twitter page. Uh, also, Is It Worth It? Um, I have a really defunct YouTube channel where, excuse me, I do a few game reviews. That's under Da Retro, D-A Retro as one word, Generation, spelt with a J. Uh, I made that my name. Um, so you, if you want to see some of the stuff I did there, it's still up. I, I do a few music videos, gaming related, uh, some game reviews and stuff. A lot of it's pretty dated now. I am looking. If you're, do, if you're doing a music video, video, you gotta let God me in. You gotta let me in on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I used to think I was a musician. I mean, I guess I kind of am, but I wrote a few songs. Uh, Damn, maybe you can help me. Maybe you can help me get theme for the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm working on writing a theme for the new show coming up. That That is coming out in the next few months. Uh, that will be called Video Games, the Movie Podcast, where we discuss movies about or related to video games. Episode 1 will be Wing Commander. I believe Episode 2, and James doesn't even know this, will be Street Fighter, the movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, I'm going to get on my little boat. You know, are going. You are uh, got to face me, so, a yeah, big American patriotic man. <laughs> I am a red-blooded yeah, American. Pathetic, but <laughs> poor, poor Raul uh, Julia. He did it basically as a favor to his kid who loved the movie, and oh, what a sweet yep. man who loved Street Fighter. And yeah, he, he did a great job in the movie, knew how campy it was and just owned it, you know, despite the fact that yeah. he was dying of stomach cancer at the time. Just what a guy, what a guy. But yeah, so you can find me in all those places. If you want to just email me and tell me I'm doing a shitty job, you can check me out at simonbelmont at outlook.com. That's Simon, not Simon. Well, thanks yeah, for being on the it. show. And, uh... All right. Uh, I don't Shit, we don't usually have a sign-off since it's not uh, it's good enough. We'll see you next Bye. time. <laughs> Bye, guys.